Hello, I'm Conrad Swift, and welcome to the Cardano Convo Podcast Pool Party, a podcast segment that gives a glimpse into the pools of the Cardano ecosystem. The Cardano Convo Pool Party provides easy-to-digest information on the stake pools that help keep the Cardano blockchain up and running. Today, I'll be speaking with Raymond Mata, the founder of Grow Pool. Without further ado, let's get to the interview. Hello, Ray. Welcome to the Cardano Convo Pool Party. It's nice to have you on the show, and thank you for taking the time to talk with us today and answer a few questions about you and your Cardano stake pool and its mission. Pleasure. Thanks so much for having me here. So there are a couple of questions that I always ask. To begin, could you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, what drew you into crypto in general? Hey, well, my name is Ray. I'm a stake pool operator for Grow Pool. Um, my background probably started when I was eight years old. My dad gave me a Commodore 64. That was my first computer. And of course, you know, being a, a young a young kid who wanted to play games, um, I uh, you know went through the process of getting all the way up to Intel and little turbo switch button to 25 megahertz. Um, it made my way up to really wanting the computer to run well for games. I wanted it to be fast and efficient. And so I kind of learned what I needed to learn at the hardware level and at the operating system level, the software level, and how to make it run well. Eventually, I ended up being a project manager and a systems engineer for a large corporation in Boston. Um, and that really gave me all kinds of experience in networking, network architecture, data centers, um, and being in a position where there were 10,000 employees and I was responsible for the core server group, me and a team of others who were, you know, um, supporting an international company. Um, from there, I moved to Hawaii like a crazy, bold, pioneering pirate um, <laughs> and just to do things differently and just get away. <laughs> and, you know, my, I, I, I thought that I was going to leave my skills behind and just become a farmer. Honestly, that was my intention. And I did become a farmer. And also I kept my skill set. and word of mouth flew. And before I knew it, I was teaching at a high school and a middle school. I was working with kids in the classroom. It was incredibly inspiring to see their creativity and what they wanted to do with the world. I was working with a school that was a project-based curriculum. Um, so they had a lot of freedom to initiate their own ideas and to present them to the school and have the school give them feedback. And for them to refer, very similar to Catalyst and Idea Scale that we have now in our community, yeah. Just imagine that on a school level, basically, is what was happening. And they would get credits for that work, it, you know, to the standards, to a charter school system. Word got out about my IT skills because I was also their computer science teacher and helping them with their IT. And I started a business. And so um, in 2004, I opened up a business as a managed service provider, which is basically just a help desk, right? I'm just, my company's on the other side of the telephone when you're calling for security cameras, remote access, email servers, you know, uh, a virus, Trojan, whatever is happening to your environment. We come there, we either fix it or help set it up um, and, and we monitor it 24 seven. So that was my background. Um, and what happened to me in a nutshell around crypto, I was aware of crypto from when Bitcoin started right, 10, 12 years ago. I wasn't drawn into really doing much more than just talking to my friends about it. Um, I had a friend who mined 400 Bitcoin and spent it on buying a pizza. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. But what was cool about, of course, you know, that's like a lot of money now. But at the same time, it was, a, it was, it was proof 
that that money had been created, but the centralized store of value had been created. And so that was beautiful to see that. Um, and then, um, I, you know, the silver lining in this pandemic, um, this, the blessing, I, I guess you can say, for, that comes from it was the extra time that I had in March and April of last year to start. I asked one basic question. This is what got me to crypto. I asked one basic question. Where is most of the money in the world being spent? And who is spending it? And what are they spending it on? My research led me through traditional finance and stock markets. And I saw that anything that had to do with artificial intelligence, all of its supporting infrastructure, its components, semiconductor industry, the whole nine yards, there was a race to be the power of AI in the world. And everybody was spending as much money as it, independent of the pandemic. It didn't matter that the economy was downturning. These people were still spending money. And so is biotechnology. That research led me to a conversation from a financial analyst that I was learning from, Jeff Brown, um, great financial analyst, really good if you want to get into the stock market. Um, Tika Tawari. Uh, is where I first started getting some you know, like crypto knowledge. Yeah. And then I went into, you know, crazy YouTube uh, world and I emerged on an article. I, I forget where, who wrote this could have been decrypt or Bitblock or any of those guys. And somebody was talking about Charles Hoskinson and I saw some, some excerpts. I hadn't even seen him yet in videos. I was just reading this article and I can see from how he spoke and what he was saying and how he was thinking about blockchain and technology and the future of it that I needed to look deeper. And so I did. I went into Cardano's world at that point, and that was probably May, early June of last year. Um, and I was blown away. I met a community. I got really passionate about making blocks. <laughs> yeah. Um, just, you know, first, can I do it? What the hell is this? And then I started seeing the bigger picture, right? We really are here, uh, you know, to connect and help 3 billion people on the planet get access to things that we all take for granted today. So we have a real uh, potential here to do an, an, an incredible service to this planet and also have a tremendous generation of wealth um, it, it, as that's happening. So that's, that's, that's the short <laughs> of how I came to Cardano. Oh no, that's a really colorful history that brought you here. I think a lot of people have talked about how Charles Hoskinson has kind of sold the Cardano idea to them because a lot of people, they came into crypto because of money or into finance or something of that nature. But then they've seen Cardano's like whiteboard video or they've seen Charles Hoskinson's whiteboard video, seen him talk and see how it's not, oh, well, big pump, money's going to go up. It's awesome. Tons of millionaires win Lambo, nothing like that. It's here's the idea. And because we're going to try to change the world, like we'll probably like the price will probably go up. Maybe who knows? And he's even said, if that's what you're here for, then get out of it. Like you don't want to be doing that because the goal is to change the world. And I think that's what drew a lot of us. And as you said, drew a lot of us into this. Yep. Yeah. I, I mean, not only change the world, but <laughs> I feel if we look at kind of like, you know, just hypothetically, we, we look at some of the potential timelines that we have in front of us, depending on what actions we take collectively. Um, some of those, some of those don't have the greatest, the greatest timelines are not the, 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 the kind of timeline I want to be living on. So I, I think not only are we 
are we bringing change that can help this? I think we can also really be a force of saving, not the world. The world is so much bigger, I think, than us, but at least our own humanity. Yeah. Right. I wouldn't say to we're not going to save the planet because that is a level of hubris to say that the planet needs saving, but rather we're going to save ourselves on the planet itself. Yes. I see that this community and the tools we're building and our desire and capability of working with others. Cause to think about this, we can't Cardano cannot by itself do this. That's one of the, the, one of the things I saw in its design um, implementation interoperability in addition to sustainability and governance and scalability is a key factor in the design of this blockchain. So that means, can we work well with others? Do we work well with others? Cause we need to work well with others in order to solve the problems that we're wanting to solve with this technology. So I think it's important that we, and I see it with the Cardano community we're we're less about it's all us and nobody else is out here and you need to become us. It's more about staying strong at a core principle and welcoming others and embracing others who want to work with us in our vision and look for those partners who are in commonality with that. Who else wants to bank the unbanked and connect the unconnected on a global level? Who else wants to help solve the problem of 99% of our wealth in 1% of our population? That's a huge issue. Right. How do we start to solve that problem and bring more confidence back to people so they feel like their sovereignty and their freedom is something that they can actually build upon and move forward with? And that isn't eroding every day, but actually expanding instead. So I think those are the things that this technology can do for us. It's one of the reasons I'm here. Definitely. Oh, of course. And as you were talking about with Bank the Unbanked, the cryptocurrency was developed because there was a flaw or somebody saw a flaw in the financial system as it is. And the goal is just to create a more equitable system, a system where everybody can be a part of it, a global system that there is no picking winners or losers. There's no centralized system that does any of that, but rather it's a almost democratic financial system, a each individual can partake in it without the need for, for example, ID. You don't have to go to a centralized entity to get an ID. You don't have to, when you take out a loan, you don't have to don't put money in the bank. Some other person comes, asks the bank, can I get some money? You cut out the middleman completely and bring that freedom back to the people itself, right. which I think is, again, that's amazing. And for many episodes, I've been saying this, that is one of if not the biggest reason i'm in it and i keep hearing from everyone that's a very similar reason why they're in it as well yeah it really is now with regard to missions um could you tell us a little bit about why you decided to set up a stake pool i know you touched on that a little bit and how did you decide on being a mission-oriented stake pool okay (laughs) (laughs) so you know back to the the story you know i come into the cardano community and i see that there's, there's something happening that's really interesting. Um, I see a lot of competition, okay? And, and traditionally for me, competition was this thing where I'm trying to win and edge everybody else out. I want to cross the finish line first, okay? But something different was happening in Cardano. Not only was, were people racing to win, they were helping the people next to them to beat them, to at least be competitive. Yeah. 
So I saw this amazing effort that was coming together for this because there was a vision that was shared, something that was in common between all of us. I said, okay, so that's really a really good place for my energy because I can be very competitive, but I also want to help other people. So once I saw that blockchain itself was, was positioning itself to be infrastructure for artificial intelligence, I didn't even know about singularity net yet. I didn't know about any of those marketplaces or any of those technologies. All I knew was that we were in the very early days of establishing healthy, optimized, high performing, decentralized, well-governed technology for something that was going to birth itself on top of us and through us. Okay. I saw Cardano was well positioned to being that ecosystem that could actually have a chance at giving birth to something like that um, and having it be uh, healthy and beneficial for humankind. Okay. That coupled with how much wealth generating power blockchain cryptocurrency space has, I'm like, oh my God. And by that point, I already had exposure by being a teacher in the schools, by being a parent in rural communities that are struggling. I already saw how important children were, how amazing their miracle and their light was, how much of a gift they were to their families and their communities, and how important it was that their life be protected, sustained, and loved, and supported, and empowered at all costs. I'm like, okay, so... I've always had this mission in myself before I came to Cardano, even before I came anywhere to technology, part of my mission as a soul being, as a sovereign on this planet is to give to a greater common good, create more wealth around me than I have in myself. Yeah. Can I do that? Um, and so I saw that Cardano was going to help me to get out of my debt it was going to help me initiate a large transfer of wealth over into developing communities that needed it. And in my case, my alignment with Save the Children, people who have been working with this for 100 years and saving children who are in crisis, meaning they don't get food tomorrow if we don't help them. They die next week because they've been hungry for a month. They need medicine. They need support and they need these supply chains. So how do we get it to them? And I saw that I was in a, it was in an ecosystem that was about to start turning a wheel of wealth that was tremendous. So I'm like, what can I do for a greater common good? How do I make a contribution that actually matters and, and helps people out? Because there's a full circle here. The full circle is someday one of these kids that I'm supporting here are going to come into this ecosystem and they're going to be like, thank you so much for everything you did for me as a child. And look where I am now. Here's my Atala Prism ID, right? Here's my app. Here's my connection. Here's what I'm doing now, how I'm reciprocating everything that was given to me. So starting that wheel to turn, that's what this is all about. Oh, yeah. And as you were saying, children are the future of not only just Cardano, of everything. So building Cardano as an ecosystem that brings about equality, whether it be in the financial industry, geospatial, so it doesn't matter what country you're born in, you still have the opportunity to enter this system. It only makes sense to help support these children into getting into the ecosystem as well. 
And of course, that's by making sure on the hierarchy of needs, we start at least at the base and build up. So, of course, that it all makes sense. Very much so. Yeah. Yeah, that, 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 that was the... Once I saw that we had a real driving force and a tool, a something, an engine... Right, so that's what I like to call state cooperators. Sometimes we're we're in the engine room of the revolution, right? Yeah. We're, we're we're down there in, in the pipes and the and and the bolts and the the grease and the fuel and everything that goes into creating a infrastructure that allows all these applications to run and all the user experiences to happen. On top of that, as long as the users are having a positive experience, they have a, a secure experience, and they're able to do things now that they couldn't do before faster and more efficiently at at a better price and a better yield. That's the transfer of wealth, right? That's one of the things I remember Charles speaking to one of his AMAs. He's like, here's the beauty of the system. The beauty of the system is that we can always count. What can we count on, um, on, on people to do? Greed is not going to go away. Self-interest is not going to go away. How do we align those things? Because there's a lot of wealth sitting behind those people. Yeah. A lot, right? How do we align those things with positive outcomes, mutually beneficial positive outcome? Because when that happens, the wealth behind those people who are looking at our ecosystem to make another dollar, to have some percentage yield on a loan system or some sort of decks that they're working through, they're going to make more money. And because they're participating, their wealth is coming into the system. So we're building the systems and supporting the communities that need it the most because we have a, a, an aligned outcome between greed and self-interest and a positive outcome from this technology. The fact that we can do that is one of the reasons I think we're going to be a global operating system. <laughs> oh, oh, um, oh, of course. And as it goes without saying that when you put together a blockchain system, a decentralized system, you need to have your incentives in order. You can't expect, like, if there is a bug in the system, somebody will abuse it. You have to go, okay, we're taking into account human nature. Like, as you said, greed's not going away. Self-interest, that's not going away. Like, you're not getting rid of those. So building a system that keeps those things in mind is going to be the best and arguably the only way to go about it because if you build a system without those in mind that i mean if you build any system where you take out a key component and try to make the system without it it's not going to either last long or work well yeah i mean look at charity right one of the biggest challenges that i had with with running a pool that is aligned with the charity like save children is the confidence level that people have in charities not very high a lot of people think charities are bullshit a lot of them think they don't work. You know, I, I've had all kinds of arguments and, and uh, interesting conversations that actually helped me to understand better what the mentality was and why it was so important to develop transparency and integrity in proof of donations, for example. Can we, as, an, as a pool who is donating 100% of its profits to save the children, establish the fact that we're doing that? Can, can we give people who don't know anything about this, who are looking for trust, a way to establish that process and look and track our transactions and the fact that we're actually doing this? Can we do that? Um, building trust is really big. Um, and what's interesting <laughs> about blockchain is it's also a transparent audit trail. Yeah. It's a ledger. 
So it's like, well, here's the transaction. And if you follow it and we, when we, um, the way that we uh, put it into the database and the way that we document it and make it easier for people to see what's happening. So that's really big. And I think at the same time, charity's place for me is at the very beginning. It's in, it's when the, the group that is being served is in crisis, right? They need help. Their, their house just got blown up, right? They're, they are in a situation of famine. Their supply chains, like in my case, they're the children that I'm sponsoring are, are in Tigray, uh, actually in Amhara, which is south of Tigray in Ethiopia. There is a civil war zone right now. So Save the Children, the only reason those kids are still alive is because Save the Children has been doing this long enough to maintain the supply chain to them through conflict and through civil war. Um, but, you know, so there's something else about charity that has to be said, and that is um, if it's, you know, if it's only serving crisis, right, because we can't just keep dropping food and supplies on people. Yeah. There has to be something else that helps to get them to a sustainable place, an autonomous place where they can stand on their own and start to serve and assist the communities that are around them. So that's another thing that Save the Children does now. They're not just driving food trucks out and dropping medical supplies on people. They're actually um, establishing working staff that are there present locally with, with these uh, rural communities to help them go through a three-phase plan to autonomy. Right, And that's just Save the Children. Save the Children is a big organization. I'm starting to also look now at smaller grassroots organizations in that country and other countries that have young leaders that are positioned in the community that I can get behind, co-facilitate with and help them build a well, help them establish a supply chain for their own sustenance and help them to get off their feet from themselves, right? Get behind yeah. them. Um, so that's just the mission. You, you see, it's, it's never ending, right? Oh, of there's course. no, there's, you know, charity for water is another one that I'm looking at the, the incredible charity work that they've done. Um, you know, they've already saved millions of people, but he, he, he says it, you know, I've saved 11 million people. There's 785 million people who don't have access to clean drinking water. I agree. Charity, it can't just be dropping supplies on people because that helps in the short term, but you need to help get them up off, like get them on their feet, get them to where they can take care of themselves. Because for example, there are going to be people in different needs. And if a person or a group or individuals can learn these skills, get up on their feet, at some point they may be able to help support other charities and help others learn what they've got or to develop that in the same way that, for example, Save the Children is providing these services. The people that they are helping with this charity might be able to help others in the future. So again, as you said, the cycle never ends, but you can help perpetuate the cycle in a positive way. It's one of the most beautiful things I've seen, and 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 I know that this this story is not unique to save the children. Right? There's a lot of organizations out there that are doing this kind of work. Um, Glim Glimmer of Hope is another one I'm going to be working with soon. But there's some beautiful stories, and one of them is there is a a woman who herself was sponsored about 54 years ago by Save the Children. She herself was was a sponsored child. And she came back and started sponsoring kids herself. Wow. That's what um, I'm talking about. Yeah, man. I was like, 
<laughs> it was so beautiful to see that and, and and i was like yeah man this is it right here this is this is how we start to help the isolation that happens to impoverished communities it's part of the reason why they're in poverty is because they're isolated get them out build the bridges to them Right. And, and, um, you know, the other, the other piece about all of this, including the 3 billion people that we you know, are estimating or without these services for me, the, 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 another thing that I'm always keeping in mind with these kinds of missions is I have to be humble enough and, um, quiet and be in a posture of listening before I think I know what the hell I'm doing with, with a group of people, there's going to be a lot of people who don't want blockchain. They don't want crypto. They don't want money. They don't want any of that. They, they, they appreciate the fact that you're building a home for them and that you're, you're, you're providing this and for their community, but they themselves don't want that. So at the end of the day, it's about mentoring, guiding, assisting, and supporting those who are asking for it then there's going to be the people who don't ask for it because they don't know it exists, but if they knew it did, they would. So education is incredibly important. Um, putting the word out there that something like this exists, but at the end of the day, it's not about what we want for others. It's about what they want. And it, always being in a place where we can listen to that and, and be responsive to that. Right. Yeah. Um, that's the, that is, um, cause that, you know, I think sometimes what happens in, in, with, with bullish, right. When you get bullish, um, is an assumption is made sometimes in that excitement. There's an enthusiasm in there and that is we're good for everybody, right? Get yeah. out of our way. Um, and that's not necessarily true. And I, I feel so far that Cardano's done a good job of, um, coming in with bullish energy to get the job done, but not to run people over. Oh yeah. You know, that's, that's, that's also very important. <laughs> oh yeah. You can't let that mindset run away with like, you have to keep it controlled because you can't be thinking that you know better for people than they do that. That's one, not well accepted. And two, you probably don't. So, <laughs> right. But I did want to ask, you talked about children and sponsorships. How many children has your pool helped to sponsor? So far, um, we are sponsoring 20 children. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, we started with two in December. Get a Chew and Halfdom are my first two children. Um, and uh, the, the community was so embracing and excited about it. Um, and you know, the, the truth of it, of the matter is I'm, I'm really just the operator, right? I'm just, a, I'm, I'm holding the mission in place, but the power of the mission, the power to get it done is coming from the people that we're serving our delegators for state pro operators is our delegators. The, their power is what makes it possible. So it's their kids too. Um, and you know, I have a beautiful loyal, very loyal group of delegators with grow. That's beautiful to do. And that's for stake pro operators. Loyalty is big, right? Creating that, oh, yeah. that, that experience when you have so many choices and at the same time, you know, we need each other. 
Uh, so helping our brothers and sisters out, other pools out, you know, that's really important for a stateful operator. We, we can't do it by ourselves. We need each other and we need what we're doing for each other. There are a number of state pools in the ecosystem that I consider as allies um, because they're building wells in the communities that I'm saving children in, because they're bringing supplies, because they're, they're planting trees, because they're dealing with Doctors Without Borders. You know, they're, they're helping um, other initiatives take place. And so when you have that kind of like concerted army <laughs> of um, empowerment and upliftment, it's going to make a fucking impact, man. Oh, you know, yeah. Excuse the language. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> talking about other pools, like, for example, I know you're talking about the wells. Are you talking about grow your stake? Grow your stake? Yes, I've worked with them, actually. Um, Josh, and I forget the, the, the name of the uh, SPO there. Yes, so those guys um, are uh, GYS. Is there, is there a ticker? I remember when they first came in, they had grow and I was like, uh-oh, uh-oh, you know, who are these people? <laughs> yeah. um, and then we just started working together and I saw what they were doing um, and it's beautiful. And so, I've, you know, we've, we've helped each other out actually. So GYS is one, 21 ADA is out there as well. She's actually taking a percentage, 21% of her profits and giving it to helping uh, build rural wells in Ethiopia. Oh, wow. Um, um, so there's, you know, the best, the best thing to do, I, I would say is if you really want to learn about what these pools are doing in this ecosystem, take yourself over to missiondrivenpools.org, missiondrivenpools.org. That's a really nice website that was made by Gaia pool another mission driven pool, Brian with Gaia and a few others came together to help bring that information together. So mission-driven pools at this point is probably about 100, 114 registered pools that are donating at least 10% of their profits to a common greater good. That's what mission-driven pools do. Yeah. Um, they, they're, they're taking their profits and they're bringing it to a cause, to a good that is greater than the ecosystem that they're in, right? They're, they have a vision for... Uh, making the world a better place. Um, and we have, if you go to that website, you're going to see uh, how many missions are supported. 221 documented missions supported, um, over $80,000 donated, uh, over 100 SPOs. And we have uh, 8.5 million ADA pledged collectively to the pools that we're in. So we're serious about the business and about being a mission-driven pool. Uh, and then you're just going to go through all the new i mean there's it's you know <laughs> i think i was probably in, in the first 10 of these pools and to see so many pools come out and you know just everything and everything from the lbtq community um to efforts in thailand uh, efforts in ethiopia efforts with cancer uh, with muscular dystrophy efforts in papua new guinea maulin pool trying to help communities rise up uh, through the, the the wealth that they can generate and, and their connections helping uh, uh communities in haiti um it's it's so big here's the deal for those of you watching okay myself and a few other members of the cardano mission pool group um, are going to be starting a YouTube channel and we're going to have a news desk where you can come every week 
and find out what's up with mission-driven pools. We're going to highlight a pool, at least one, any pool, just no matter who they are, how small or not that they are, we're going to highlight their mission. And then we're going to talk about the missions that are, that are active and, and the success and the traction that we're seeing, right? Kids sponsored here. We just saved somebody over here. We just planted all these trees over here. Look at what we're doing over here. We're building infrastructure. We're going. We're joining World Mobile. We're we're going out and putting cell towers and Wi-Fi bridges out. You know, in Tanzania and Kenya, right? We're helping the continent of Africa build out uh, infrastructure. Whatever, whatever the mission is, you're going to find out through there. So keep an eye out. Um, it'll be a really great way to stay in touch with what we're giving, what our dreams are what our aspirations are and our impacts and the traction that we have with our impacts. Oh, of course. And as you were saying much earlier in the talk as well, having this way for people to see what's going on helps to give more life to the charity aspect. Because for example, a lot of people, they give money to charity and then they're like, I hope it's going to what, I, what they say it's going to, but to be able to verifiably, not just through blockchain transactions, but in a more, video friendly or more user friendly way to go here's a weekly rundown of everything that your delegation to these pools has been funding and has been supporting is going to be amazing and when you guys get that up and running we will be putting that link in the description again that just helps to make it easier to access not only for what pools to delegate to depending on what you want to because you can just go to missiondrivenpools.org and look through the list and go, I want to support mus muscular dystrophy. If you have somebody, a loved one that is suffering from that, you might go, I personally want to delegate there and then help to build up that charity for that research and then be able to see it manifest as well. Yeah. It's amazing. And for example, in that example, they might be funding a lab that's researching it. You might go, They've produced this paper or they're, they've done this. Just being able to get that out to the people is amazing. A next step that I highly, oh, that, that's just amazing. Yeah, it's, I, I, you know, it's a little, it's a little overdue. Um, I feel like, you know, we need it now. And so we're, you know, we're, we're coming in, we're, we're, we're coming strong <laughs> yeah. and we have some people who don't, you know, mind getting in front of the, the camera and hopefully, you know, some of these pools who want and need the, the, the spotlight and the attention, we'll get them up there and get them in front and, you know, and, and make a difference. The other thing I see making a difference, I want to do a shout out to MinSwap X. Yeah. Um, and with the way that they are handling, instead of creating their own pools for liquidity and for everything that, that you know, that the pool's doing for their project, they, they actually uh, selected uh, a group of pools that needed stake, you know, smaller pools. I have a, 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 a friend, an SPO out there um, that is really benefiting from that. So I just want to say thanks to, Min, to, to MinSwap. There's another project coming on, also another DEX and stablecoin interesting project called Ardana that's out there. Um, and Ardana is, is aligning specifically with mission-driven pools. So it's going to be mission-driven pools that are the, the randomly distributed stake recipients of the, um, the Ardana project itself. So that'll help mission-driven pools come up and stake as well. Um, so it's those kinds of like BitTrue, I think it was, it's, it's an exchange that came in um, to the ecosystem, the, you know, a larger exchange. 
And they said, hey, you know, instead of spinning up our own pool, we're going, or in addition to spinning up our own pools, we're going to delegate a million to a community pool, right? And they did to One Love, um, to Glitch, who's a you know, very helpful SPO uh, in the Telegram groups and stuff. So he got a nice delegation from them and, and really hopefully set a precedent, right? That community pools is actually the largest pool group. Yeah. But we are still, it's a good thing that we are. Um, and we want to keep it that way. And so it's, it's important. Community pools are very important for the ecosystem in terms of decentralization, especially. If you get too many exchanges and projects that build their own pool groups, you're going to get a lot of centralization there. Um, so keeping the community pools delegated and distributed, I think that's going to be a little easier when um, K goes out to 1,000. Right, saturation point will drop to 32 million from 64 million. So that'll help. Yeah. And I agree with you. The fair initial stake pool offering, I believe, is what you were talking about with MenSwap. And it's where a bunch of pools applied and a lottery was pulled for the order. And we actually as well applied for that. And I'm for anything that helps to increase decentralization. And the way that they're going about distributing their token, that's phenomenal. I haven't heard about the other project you were talking about, but if it's doing the same thing, but with mission-driven pools, I am all for that. Yeah, Again, very similar. Oh, yeah. Anything that helps to increase decentralization, because the, the worst thing, if you're trying to build a system that we've been talking about, you do not want some oligarchy being able to decide what projects are being developed, what goes on within the, within the ecosystem. You want everyone to have a fair shake at it. That's right. And, and, and that's another reason why all of us as SPOs and, and whatnot, like you, you know, and, and the content that you're providing here is to kiss. And then there's so many new people who are coming into this community and this ecosystem daily. Right. I mean, look how many wallets we have. We're, we're just under a million yeah. uh, wallets. Um, that, that's a lot of different people. And we've done well with Catalyst. Right. So as the more people, we can get to utilize the catalyst, you know, idea scale platform and look at the importance of being part of the um, voting process for projects that get funding for their proposals. That'll really help our decentralization too, right? So that way we have a large global community with a, a very high decentralized percentage of the total stake that is voting. As long as we get that and we don't get some weird automated voting process that the exchanges can do and stuff like that, we'll be all right. Oh yeah. Um, and, and I, and I see this, uh, we're, we're building that now. We have several, there are several circles out there. Swarm is one of them. Um, and there are some initiatives within Catalyst, the Catalyst Circle it's called, to start to establish community decision-making circles that can take consensus from the community and make large scale decisions on a more decentralized scale, like network changes, right? Pledge, MinFi, K, all these network parameters that right now IOG is in control of changing. The community is obviously capable of making those changes, but we have to bring, you know, get to get off the training wheels, so to speak, we have to you know, establish confidence and process with that. So that's going to take a little while. That's why Voltaire is the last era in the roadmap for Cardano as it stands today, um, because that's when the 
governance stack is actually being built and developed every day. Yeah. Um, but it, it takes time to create something that, you know, has the, the power to, to stay decentralized and to be a real unified voice for the betterment of the ecosystem and what it serves globally. Uh, so. Oh, of yeah, course. I'm and excited about that. I know Charles has talked about it. it's going to take a long time to really nail down governance. And as you said, it's the last era in the Cardano roadmap. And I'm glad we're seeing some of the Voltaire era now, because if it's going to take so long to develop, it's good to kind of get an idea of what works well, what hasn't worked well before you launch into that. And it may take five years. It may take 10 years because governance, I mean, if we look at human history, governance is something that is we don't know if we've even reached good governance on that system yet, much less on a on a coding system. So this may take a long time, but I like the steps forward and the way that they're looking into it, because as you said, as I've said, you don't want an oligarchy. You don't want a bunch of centralized entities similar to what it is in the modern financial system or the legacy financial system to be able to control it. You don't. That's the one thing, if anything, we want to avoid. But we also need to implement it well. Yeah. And I think was one of the re main reasons many of us are in Cardano. Um, is because we believe that the implementation that is happening here has been very well thought out. Um, and the, the fact that we, we are still today the most cited, research-driven, peer-reviewed blockchain project in the industry. Um, and I think as time goes on and you see what we do for the world, that's going to matter more and more. And hopefully it will inspire Right. Oh, yeah. Um, because there's there are solutions for, you know, the next 50, 100 years that hopefully are tinkering around in somebody's brain. You know, there, there's another Charles Hoskinson out there and there's many of them. Uh, and they're, you know, they're their own nodes for consensus of their own life as well. They're going to bring all that amazing knowledge together and come in and start to introduce their ideas, bring on engineering. That's what I love about Cardano. It's hopefully inspiring the engineers and the, the, the visionaries to work together. That's what IOG is, right? It's oh, yeah. visionary engineering. Um, that's such a cool partnership to be able to take an, an abstract mathematical idea and turn it into a block fetch protocol chain sync protocol <laughs> right? yeah something in the node in the, in, in the code base like that's pretty cool oh yeah um, be able to do that that's 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 powerful um on the topics of code with the soon approaching smart contracts do you anticipate integrating them with your pool some of the use cases i can kind of think of off the top of my head is let's say if you have a certain percent of profits or your margin for your delegation that you want to donate to charity, you might be able to set, oh, I have a stable cost on running the server if you run it on, let's say, a cloud service um, that is required to keep it up and running, and then the rest can be sent to a wallet that people can keep watch over that goes to the charity itself. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That's the cool thing about smart contracts is really, the way I see it is it, it's just a... Um, it's a layout for a bunch of conditions. 
So you just, all you're doing is just setting up the conditions. If this, then that, if that, then this, and you just have this whole forking logic that comes off of it. And so by the time you're right now, I, I can't wait, honestly, actually, <laughs> um, it's a lot of work. I I'm very fortunate. I have a, I have a good calculator that tells me how much I'm making in profit and how much I'm going to be donating and what I'm making and everything. And I, I keep my expenses, the whole nine yards. And I, and I provide that information to my delegators as, as transparency record for them. Because the expenses for them to see what my expenses are and then what my profit is and how 100 percent of my profit is going to the to the charity, I have to show them that. Um, and so to have smart contracts that take the end of every epoch and look at the average price for ADA, because that's how I'm doing it. Yeah, I, I actually have a, a website that I go to that shows me what the five day moving average price for ADA is, which I need because of all my the conversions. Right, any anywhere where I'm not donating in ADA, and I'm donating in dollar, I have to know exactly what that five day average is, and that becomes part of that sheet. So imagine now that's a condition that goes into the smart contract. Yeah. My my fee, how many blocks I made, actually made, how many I was expected to make, what my performance is, and what my real rewards are. Um, if if all that comes out, and 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 you have voting. Right. So you say, okay, I made $2,000 in profit. That's going to go out to charities. We want the pool has voted. They want 20% of this to go to charity for water. They want 50% of this to go to save the children. And they want the other 30% of that to go to Doctors Without Borders or Glimmer of Hope or whatever other organization that we're aligning with. So having that capability is awesome. Um, there's something else out there too that's just dropped like this past week called Pool Perks. Andrew Westberg, Bucci Steakhouse. Um, shout out to those guys. Um, he he developed a really cool tool for SPOs to be able to generate perks for their delegators. So if you make a coin or an NFT or some cool thing that you want to gift to your delegators randomly based on their stake and whatever parameters you put in, he built a cool little system for that. Oh wow. Um, it's called Pool Perks, I believe. Io. Let me go look and see real quick. Oh yeah, and on that topic as well, Cardania. Um, the Chris, who's behind Cardania, yeah, actually has a good. project catalyst proposal that is about helping SPOs or any pool to provide additional incentives. Because, for example, let's say you have a pool that's backing a, let's say, a comic book series, or it could be anything. And in, as a reward for those who are backing or delegating, they might get a loyalty token or they get a dividend token so that, let's say, in making the project, you say 50% of all profits from this project will be distributed, similar to like how Qcoin share works. And based upon how much of that loyalty token helps to decide how the 50% of the profits divvied up. So this kind of has like a similar ring to it. It sounds like. Yeah, yeah, it's it's similar to that. Um, yeah, man, it, it's. I'm sure there's a whole bunch of stuff that smart contracts can do that I don't even know that they can do, and I'm like, ooh, ooh, yeah, <laughs> you know, like I, I'm part of my excitement too is that I have wallets set up for save the children where I, I I transfer from one wallet to another and then I make the donation out of that wallet directly 
to the payment gateway that Save the Children has. They do have a payment gateway for Ada now. The Coty is really awesome. Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't serve the whole organization of Save the Children. It serves a certain hub in Africa in Wanda, which is you know the Kumswa hub, which is they've got their own work doing there. Um, and then the rest of it is through the sponsorships, which is all uh, USD conversions. So imagine the smart contract actually being able to pull the ADA out of the wallet based on the percentage that is, de- is, is defined by the calculator on the performance of the pool for that epoch. And then it transfers it to that wallet and makes that donation and takes a re- Oh my gosh. Yeah. I can't wait. Automating it. That sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. Because it's something, you know, every, every five days we're doing reports on our performance for our delegators. We're having to do the donation reports. I don't wait till the end of the month for all that. I do as much of it every five days as I can. Sometimes I'm behind on proof of donations. It takes a while yeah. right, to do all those receipts and stuff. Um, so I try to keep up with it as much as possible. Um, it's just so I don't fall too behind. It's just like, uh, it's so much, it's so much documentation that goes into those things. Oh no. I, I feel you on that. It, if you're, especially if you're trying to do it every five days. Yeah. That's why I've seen a lot of mission driven pools do it though. As you said, once a month, because yeah. that makes it easier, but no, I, as soon as a lot of this can be automated, I, I imagine, imagine all that time you're taking, you can put that towards growing not just the pool, but growing the initiative. It just, there's so much more that can be done. Yeah. It's also a good time, you know, if you're a programmer or dev, learn Plutus, get into the Plutus pioneering programs. Cause guess what? People like me are going to want to hire you or I'm going to learn it myself. One or the other. Yeah. Um, but I'll probably hire so that I can stay with the mission and do work on the mission side as well. So that's what, you know, you're literally giving yourself a job just by going to that program. Cause I was going to just imagine this conversation, imagine being a Plutus pioneer who graduated can, can take these conditions and put them into a smart contract for you, listening to this conversation, taking notes. And at the end of the conversation, say, this is how much it's going to cost you. This is how long it's going to take me and bang. And then you have some web developer that has the data fields because you, you, you got to be able to take the data fields, right. And, and have an entry point for them and also display point. And so, you, you know, oh, yeah. this person might not have that, but they understand the smart contract. So there's going to be at least two or three people involved there. And then whoop, you have it and it's there on your website and it's like auto super cool. Oh yeah. Having a user, a nice, friendly user interface is going to be extraordinarily valuable because there's got to be a way to put those values into the smart contract. And as you said, just because you know Plutus doesn't know that mean that you're good with web development, for example. Of course. That's right. Um, I have seen on a secondary note, I have seen a couple of videos on your website at growpools.io about the Plutus Pioneer program as we were just talking, and I saw that you have 22 years in IT. That background is quite impressive. What would you like to tell us about other projects or groups that you're working on or that you're a part of? Okay, well, you know, probably the biggest one is Spakra, right? Let's see if I say it right. Stake pool operation, a stake pool operator collective representation assembly. Yeah. <laughs> Some mouthful. We came up with that um, back in a, a year ago. Actually, this month, a year ago, August 9th is the anniversary for Spakra. Uh, on August 8th or 9th, um, Charles did a video, uh, an AMA, 
where he spoke about the need for the state cooperators to have a trade association, to have a trade guild, right? Because we're, this isn't just a hobby for many of us, this is a business. So how are we gonna be able to um, organize and have a, a collective unified voice, um, quality communication channels with our ecosystem partners, Emergo, IOG, Cardano Foundation, and any of these other big guys coming in the ecosystem now. How are we going to be able to represent stake operators collectively to the larger ecosystem so that we can do our job, which is provide the integrity and equilibrium for the backbone of this ecosystem through the blockchain. Um, so SPACRA is a community elected group of uh, founding board members. I'm one of the board members for that. And we are there to establish a community for state pool operators, global, to come in and get certified, to be apprentices. We have people who aren't state pool operators want to learn, or people who are just pledge partners that want to be a part of that ecosystem in that way as well. Um, any, any of the needs that state pool operators have to get together and do their job and be the backbone of the network. That's what Spock is for, we're there for you. Um, we have some funding also that we won in, in a proposal, and we have more proposals online for disaster recovery situations, for example. How do we deal with SPOs that are critical to the infrastructure but are getting, are, are getting blacked out because they're operating out of the United States and now we have regulatory law that just killed us? Yeah. We, we have to be able to you know, help and serve each other as much as possible during those situations. The highest percentage of nodes on the Cardano network still operates out of the United States. Okay, so if we have a significant problem is in, with this infrastructure bill, it's moving through the House right now. It got passed by the Senate. Mm-hmm. Bunch of dummies. Yeah, <laughs> um, um, they don't even know. <laughs> they're they're, they're going to learn the hard way, unfortunately. But if that passes through, it's it's going to really be hurtful to state pool operators and developers within DeFi, the whole nine yards. Anything that the DEX or you know, a, a, basically anything that's that's processing a transaction actually gets gets ambiguously classified as a broker. Yeah. Um, and the broker has all kinds of IRS reporting requirements that aren't even possible for state pool. We, we don't, we can't send our delegators 1099s. Yeah. We don't know who most of them are and we have no information on them. That's part of the beauty of the blockchain. Exactly. So Good luck on that one, but that could be hurtful. So Spocker is setting itself up to kind of help catch some of the, the um, unfortunate debris from that kind of impact and try to direct it and rebuild in the right place. So that's one of the other projects that I'm on. Um, outside of that, I find myself uh, as a, a member of um, groups that are initiating projects. And some of them I can't speak to because they're new um, and they're being developed now. Um, but, you know, that's the thing about this ecosystem is there's always something new going down, right? Oh, yeah. Um, so the question is, um, you know, how much energy do we have in a day? Can we take care of our basic needs and our own circle of responsibility? And how do we then branch out and start helping other people um, around us? So... Um, yeah, that's what's up in my world. Oh no, that that's a lot going on. And again, some of these things I hadn't heard of. And again, I hope to link to down below because I really need to check some of these things out. Cause 
that's what this whole show is about, is trying to get these projects, these pools, these things that no one's heard about, because the Cardano ecosystem's just so big, to be able to go, look at this, guys, this exists. Like, I didn't know that advocacy group existed. Like, I didn't know that if... It's just... It's so much. And it's so good because there is so much. So if you have a need, typically within the community, there's someone, either someone there, some group there to help facilitate that need. Which That's right. That's why we're there. So I know I kind of touched on this prior, but do you have any developments or announcements with Growpool that you'd like to announce? Yeah. Um, you know, I think something that's been coming down the pipe for a while is travel. Right. So it, it, it's one thing to sit behind a computer and, and sponsor children and do a bunch of good. It, it's another thing to go and actually physically meet these kids, um, get on the ground with them, see how the, the charitable organization is handling the effort um, for myself with my own eyes. Um, and also look at other grassroots organizations that are in the area uh, and other countries. So since Africa itself is such a huge piece of our mission because of how much unconnected and unbanked there is there yeah. and how much innovation and genius is unknown because it's caught up in survival and in impoverishment, you know, so as we start to get that develop help, those communities come out of that rise, decentralize and thrive. <laughs> right. Yeah. But I use those, those, those lines in my, uh, in my pool description, that is what we do. And so um, probably the next biggest thing for grow is um, travel. I've been planning travel to Africa this year um, what I'm finding is that the visas are a little more complicated than I realized. Some, like Ethiopia's visa is not just an application process. You have to have a passport that is current for six months before you can apply and get the visa. Oh, okay? wow. So in my case, I have a passport that's expiring in October. So if I get a renewal, which I will, it's a three-month process, I'll have to wait another six months on top of that to go through that process. Um, I'm going to try and get in, in another way, um, on the ground, uh, through a border perhaps, um, that is possible. It really all depends. I'm not sure how those borders work, but I don't know if there's any loopholes. If there is, I'll, <laughs> I'll see if I can get through. Yeah. <laughs> if not, I'll focus in other, I'll focus in Wanda. I'll visit the community there that has taken over 6,000 ADA from us since we started donating to them within the last five months or so. Oh, wow. Um, so I'd like to see where that aid is going and how that's being used. So it's me also kind of following up on, <laughs> you know, that's now almost $18,000. So how's that going? You know, how, how, how are you guys doing with all of that? Um, and then it's meeting on the ground with young leadership and helping to, to facilitate small stewarding circles to get them to start calling in what they need, the well, these supply chains, and not only in helping them to actually get that, but when the well breaks down, how do you fix it? Oh, yeah. Can you, can you grow your own food and build your own uh, dwellings and homes? 
so start to get in on the on the on the ground there so i would have to say that that's really the next big piece for grow in our team and our community is to actually start to travel to and discover new ways that we can be useful and helpful to to the communities that we're already donating and already giving to and then to the new ones that don't even know we exist um and the third piece of that is going to be and we're not quite ready yet for this, which is why I'm, um, you know, it's interesting the way the timing is with the passport and uh, and the visas and stuff. At the end of the day, the only way Cardano is going to really be number one and be the, the global operating, uh, financial operating and social operating system on the planet. That's our goal, right? It's one of the things we would like to do. Yeah. We need to show people how to use our applications and develop the connectivity and the infrastructure for that to be possible. So world mobile needs help. They can't do it by themselves. There's a bunch of other world mobiles that need to be built, um, getting on the ground and just literally walking around, meeting with communities and merchants and vendors and being like, Hey, you want your own alternative currency? Do you want to bring your own value to this coin that you do generate? Do you want to utilize these open source applications? It costs nothing to use. Um, all you need is a Wi-Fi signal and a cell phone a smartphone, whatever, start to help them use the technology and get real use cases and adoptions happening on as much of a scale as they possibly can. Just like start talking to people. I was, I have a friend who uh, is delegating to grow is also a restaurant owner. And the other day he invited me for a little cappuccino over in his restaurant here in Ashton, Oregon, where I'm at now and said, Hey, you know, um, I have a POS system that only takes dollars. Can we get it to accept ADA? Can people walk into my restaurant and pay in ADA? And I'm like, you know, they can, but that application needs to be set up so that you're just bringing a QR code over to them and they're scanning it with their phone and transferring their ADA to it and they pay their bill and your billing system acknowledges the payment, right? That, that yeah. integration has to happen. So um, I'm on that. That's another project that I, I want to help my, my existing clients and business partners and friends that have businesses to start accepting ADA payments. Oh. Get them to start accepting ADA payments. Of course, right? if this is going to be a global use case, then we need to help make it as easy as possible for people to get in. It's similar to the current legacy system. I mean, you could go to a bank when it was open, withdraw, then they had debit card. Like, you want to make it as easy as possible to make these purchases, to use these assets. Right, exactly. But this has been super informative, and I really appreciate you taking the time to chat today. Before we go, how can listeners get involved with what you're doing, or how can people best support you and your team? <laughs> so many ways. Um, you know, if you go to growpools.io, that's our website. Um, you're going to find a lot there about us, our mission. You're going to find a way to chat with us, to connect with us to Telegram. So our, our Telegram channel, for those of you out there who are a little suspicious of Telegram, because there are a lot of scams happening on Telegram as well. It, it's a smaller group. It's a private group of pe people who are delegated to grow or who are supporting Grow's mission. So it's a great way to talk to other people who are loyal to and part of this mission that we're in and be a part of that family. Um, Twitter, uh, Pool Grow is the handle on Twitter. I'm active there, very active. Um, and so it's a good way to connect. My DMs are open. 
You know, so I'm very open to questions. I've had a lot of people who have a, a mission and a dream who want to become stake pools come to me and I help them spin up their stake pool and I help them get on their mission. I help them with their marketing. And then there's just a delegator who's just curious about how this works. And then there's just all these other random people uh, who have questions. So at the end of the day, um, me, I'm here to help answer those questions and get you to feel comfortable in this ecosystem develop trust and good habits, right? How to not fall for scams, how to not lose 154,000 ADA because you had a wallet that wasn't protected and it got Trojaned. That happened to somebody. Yeah. I helped them out of that. Um, so, you know, it, it's everything. It's all of those things. Um, and so just keeping the lines open, but growpools.io is a good place to go. Um, Cardano, the mission-driven pools, if you go there, you'll find us and other pools there as well, missiondrivenpools.org. Uh, it's a good place to start there. Um, that's the best way to get in touch and become part of this mission. The other thing too, we're open to ideas, right? We're a grow team and, and our team is made up of people from the community as well who wanna collaborate and utilize the platform. Right. So my sister, for example, is working with me and she is working closely with victims of sex trafficking and human trafficking. And she has an organization that she's actually aligning with that we're going to start taking a portion of our profits and donating to them. Right. Yeah. As a model. And of course, at some point they can have their own pool if they want to. Um, we're going to start with some of our profit supply that we have, giving it to that organization, helping them and just showing people what else we can do in this, in this, you know, uh, with this kind of a model, uh, in this ecosystem. So that's oh. what we're up to. Thanks for this opportunity, man. I really appreciate this time that you've taken and the energy that goes into making these videos is big. Um, and I, you know, I'm probably going to want to, um, maybe at some point we can work together too, um, at least on the background, uh, get some information from you on how you're doing this. Cause we we got that mission driven pool YouTube channel that we want to build. Um, so we're going to need some help there as well. Oh, of course. If you guys need help with that, I'd be more than willing to help you out with that. I know starting something up like that can take a lot of time. And of course, for our viewers, we will have all these links down below because we want you to be able to check these things out. We want you to be able to look at all these pools, look at all these initiatives, because the whole reason we started the pool party segments is to let you guys learn about these things, because not only do we want to cover projects or news or what's going on, we know what makes the Cardano ecosystem is, yes, the community, yes, the projects. But without the blockchain itself, without those who help hold the blockchain up, it doesn't exist. And what better way to do that than through a pool that is helping to support children or helping victims of sex trafficking or helping ecological problems or helping with crises? It's, again, I would be more than willing to help you guys out wherever you guys need it. Um, and again... That can be just shown from this segment alone. That's the whole purpose. All right, Andro. I really, yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate this, this time and, and the, the spotlight and this attention. Um, I, I hope everybody who's watching um, is inspired, has learned some things, has heard about some other pools that they may be interested in, in delegating and staking to, and to just be excited 
you're early, you're in an amazing opportunity and a beautiful community that is very committed to accomplishing some very big goals. Some of our goals will take lifetimes. And this isn't something that's going to happen, you know, in five years. Um, you know, we're, we're going to be planting, you know, what's the, what's, I forget the exact saying, planting trees in, in the shade of which we will not sit. Yes. But others will. Um, so having that kind of mentality is really important now too. It's like, how do, how do we help the next seven generations get their start and oh. be in a better place than we were when we started? Oh, of course. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Cardano Convo Pool Party. If you want an easy way to help us out, then make sure to share this podcast. That way we can grow and create a better podcast for you guys. Also leave us a five-star review. And if you had feedback on today's episode, tweet us at Cardano Convo. Send your emails to cardanoconvo at gmail.com or join the Cardano Convo Discord server and let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Also make sure to check out our new podcast website on crypto-loops.com. Now we'd like to take some time to thank our sponsors. First are our Patreons over on the Cardano Convo Patreon page. Their direct contributions help to make this podcast possible. By becoming a Patreon, you gain amazing benefits such as access to polls to help decide the content of upcoming episodes, early access to videos, roles and benefits within the Discord server, and so much more. Our second sponsor is Loops Pool. If you want to help out the podcast and are looking for a Cardano stake pool to delegate your ADA to, then think about delegating with Loops Pool. That's Loops, L-O-O-P-S. Again, thank you for joining us, and we'll see you in the next episode of the Cardano Convo.